Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast for Wednesday, November 13th. I'm Caroline Gonzalez, joined by my co-host John DeShazer, and we have a great episode in store for you today. We will speak with ESPN reporter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Jenna Lane, and as promised, I promised we would double up on the Saints sit-downs this week, and we surely have that. We have Saints sit-downs with Cam Jordan, Jared Cook, David Onyemata, and Traquan Smith all in store for today's episode. But let's go ahead and get into our interview with ESPN's Jenna Lane. Jenna, we know obviously the headline uh, of today, yesterday, Bucks released cornerback Vernon Hargraves, who was the former first round draft pick. He played 94% of the snaps against New Orleans in the first matchup. And we know the Bucks are thin already at that cornerback position. Do you know any of the plans moving forward for the Bucks? Well, you know, part of what makes that challenging, and I asked Bruce Arians, did that make the decision a little more difficult because you have injuries at the cornerback position? And he actually told me, no, it, it really didn't. But the Bucks do have some injuries, uh, in particular uh, their other starter who they had, Carlton Davis. He's been dealing with a hip injury, and he actually missed the last two games. And so, you know, if he's healthy, then it, it makes things a little bit more clearer because you could have Jamel Dean starting on the outside with him. But if he's not healthy – then you have a scenario where you would have Sean Murphy bunting that would ultimately start on the outside. He also can play nickel, too. What also makes it a little trickier as well is that their other nickelback, MJ Stewart, who um, he started the season off at nickelback, um, and now he's kind of a backup slash starter in that role. He's dealing with the knee injury. He's probably going to be out for a few weeks. So it is getting a little bit confusing right now, just trying to figure out all the moving parts. They also called up uh, Maggie Wilkins from the practice squad. Ryan Smith is another guy that's kind of been cross-training at nickel and the outside, but he only logged like two defensive snaps in the game on Sunday. Arians pulled him out as soon as he surrendered a 69-yard touchdown. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what the Bucks' young, young, young secondary looks like on Sunday. You know, Jenna, I don't know how much you know or can say, uh, but was it more of a production thing or was it a personality thing with Hargreaves? I mean, you know, it's it's – Obviously not common to see a starter released in the middle of the season. Right, yeah. It's it's actually happened a few times before, but it's not really the norm there. Um, as far as Hargreaves goes, you know, I've, I've heard mixed things about him in the building, but it wasn't just uh, due to the lack of hustle, which is why he was benched on Sunday. Um, Arians uh, benched him because he, he didn't like the way uh, – he felt like he was hustling – uh, to the ball on a 55-yard uh, reception that he gave up to Andy Isabella. He wasn't happy about that. But it wasn't just that, you know, day-to-day -day work habit. You know, some people in the building have praised him, but, you know, then you also have other people inside this building that have, you know, questioned his focus, his commitment, um, you know, his work habits and things like that. And I think with any player, you're going to kind of get a mixed review of things. But this is just ultimately a decision that they decided to make because, you know what, um, they had already committed $9 million to him for next season, that fifth-year option that was guaranteed for injury only. They didn't want to get to a situation where, God forbid, he suffers a shoulder injury like he did against the Saints last year in week one, and he's out for the season, and that's when they would owe him that type of money. So once they felt like they had seen enough from these young guys, Dean and, and Sean Murphy Bunting, they felt like, you know what, we've got to go forward with this. But I really think, um, in talking to Bruce Arians just a little while ago, um, he really didn't want to talk about the situation at all. But I had asked him, I said, you know, is it fair to say that for you, from what I gather, a guy not hustling, is that like a cardinal sin for you? And he said, yeah. You know, he said there's two things you can control. There's not a lot of things you control, but you can control your attitude and your effort. And so when guys don't do that, they're usually not here for very long. 
Now, I guess if we look at the numbers, it would say that it it wasn't a huge loss. I mean, Tampa Bay is, is, is last in the league in pass defense, yards allowed. But on the other hand, uh, they're first in run defense. So it, does Tampa look at that as kind of part and parcel? You know, you're stopping everybody from the run, so they pretty much have to pass it against you? Yeah, that's and that's not the first time Tampa's actually had that. Back when Frick Schiano was here as the head coach, I remember that was kind of the same deal. And, and you know, you, you kind of are just like, man, you know, maybe if they got a little weaker against the run. I mean, everybody, every defense, they know that they have to stop the run. I mean, that's kind of, you know, you want to make teams yeah. one-dimensional. That's, that's kind of the way things go. But, you know, I was talking to Sean Murphy Bunting about that today, and he's like, yeah, you know what, we, we recognize that because our run defense has been so good, you know, there's a lot more on us on the back end to really try and shore this up. And that's the thing, too. Bruce Arians has not held back. He stood at this podium a week ago and basically said, and this is after that they had lost to the Seahawks in overtime, and he basically said, look, our secondary is what's holding us back. Um, and in response to that, and you guys can appreciate this because I understand that the Saints secondary actually comes in on their own um, often, I guess on Tuesdays, and goes over some things. But, yeah. you know, all these guys started coming in, uh, Dean, started meeting with Todd Bowles for an extra hour each day this past week, Murphy bunting the same type of thing just to try to correct this because they realize that their mistakes are what's uh, holding the team back. And it's not just those mistakes. I mean, they've had turnovers and things like that, but but the common denominator for many of these games, uh, the number of, of points that they're giving up and the number of passing yards they're giving up. Yeah. Now, how debilitating offensively has, has it been with the turnovers? Because – that offense appears to be moving the ball and moving it, moving it well against some some pretty good teams, and yet you know the turnovers seem to always be the, the determining factor. Well, you know, against the Titans, for instance, and that was a game that the Bucks really felt like they should have won, and they and they were in position to win it. But you know, when you're turning the ball over and you're deep in your own territory, there, I mean, it's you know, in those types of games, it's you know, it's easy, easy scoring for the opponent. Yeah. I think it, it really just kind of depends on which game it is. You know, one thing, though, that I think um, is pretty clear is that this team has invested very heavily in its offense. You know, Jameis Winston, Mike Evans have been together, you know, for such a long time now. You know, Evans is, is in his sixth season now. Jameis is in his fifth season. So they've been together for five years. Cam Brate's been in this, in this, you know, system with Jameis you know, for a long time, too. I mean, uh, Chris Godwin, even though even though he's, he's on his third season right now, it's still one of those things where you just feel like he's been around for such a long time because he, you know, just the, the rapport he was able to establish with Winston so quickly. You know, O.J. Howard, I know he's been injured, but um, that's the thing. Like, this team for so long was prioritizing offense. You expect some type of return on that, and, and I think – given the struggles of the young defense, you also kind of have expected the offense to kind of carry the load while the defense catches up. Because again, they, I mean, they, before Vernon Hargraves was cut, they had the youngest group of corners in the league. Now they're, now they're even younger. I mean, those guys, I mean, they could potentially be having, you know, two rookies starting on the outside on Sunday. I mean, it's, they're really, really, really young in, in that regard. So um, they, they kind of expected the offense to carry them. Although at the same time, it's an offense that they're, in many ways, still going through growing pains with because it's a new system, you know, under Bruce Arians. You know, with that said, is there a feel sense that that the that the team is heading in the right direction in the building, not so much in the community? And because fans, we we understand they can really uh, be fairly brutal when a team isn't having success in the one loss column, but inside the building, they can feel like things are are, are heading in the right direction. If they're not on the right track, uh, they certainly can be heading in the right direction. Is there a feel that this this thing is going in the right direction with Coach Arians? 
Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the difference between inside the building and outside the building because the fans of the community, I mean, it's because for them, it's it's cumulative. It's not just what's happening this year. At the yes. Arians. It's all the losing. Teams. Yes. For them, things started falling apart after John Gruden was fired, and they've just never been able to right the ship. And, you know, obviously so much coaching turnover, you know, general manager turnover and everything. I mean, it's it's been really difficult for them. But inside the building, I think what's protected this group is the fact that Arians and his staff, this is their first year. So because of that, I think that they've kind of brought some fresh energy and a lot more optimism. You know, I also think, too, anybody that, that's worked with Arians will tell you this. Um, I know Drew Stanton was the first for me to tell me this, but he just was like, he just has this air of confidence about him that just trickles down to his staff and his players and you just feed off of it. And I could sense that. You know, even during the off season, when you know they got word that Jason Pierre-Paul was in this this car accident and and suffered a neck fracture, and and they didn't know the status of Gerald McCoy. That situation was he was in limbo there, and and obviously they hadn't gotten Indomitian Sue yet. You know, I just saw this group continue to go out and and work every day, and there just didn't seem to be any panic with them or with their coaching staff. So I really think that's a strength of theirs, and I think it comes from experience because this is a staff that has worked together before and has won together. You know, and it's not often you can get such a large chunk of, of staff members that all have had experience working together. I think when you do that, it gives you, um, you know, when you've been there and you've done that and you've taken teams to the playoffs, I think it, it gives you a little less panic when things aren't going your way, uh, you know, with a three and six team. Do you think that confidence that comes with Bruce Arians and his staff has trickled over to confidence in Jameis Winston and feeling that that, that his performance will improve? Because I remember at the beginning of, of the season, things were a little bit rocky and, and fans and franchises can turn real quick. I mean, you look at uh, Chicago and Mitch Trubisky, you, you've seen how that has turned. But, you know, Jameis Winston, do you feel like because of the new system and because of the newness of that, that people are starting to to get a little bit more on board with what Jameis Winston can do? I mean, he's still making mistakes, and he, he threw two interceptions against the Cardinals. But, you know, the thing that Arians is really encouraged about is the fact that um, the way Jameis is performing now in these two-minute situations and these hurry-up situations, he really feels like that that can be a strength for him. And we've seen that before, but seeing it in this system is a good sign. Um, but, but as far as Jameis, you know, I definitely think his confidence is, is improving, especially now that he is getting comfortable in this offense. Um, you know, I mean, communication with receivers is still something that needs to, I think, be worked on a little bit. You saw a little bit of that with one of those picks. But, you know, it, it means a lot to him that he has a head coach and an offensive coordinator in Byron Leftwich that basically told him, you know, be fearless and let it fly. And, and Leftwich was telling him that same thing on Sunday. He relayed that to us. You know, there was no, like, long expose. You know, he didn't give him an earful. He wasn't scolding him on the sideline. It's, okay, move on, next play. Mm -hmm. You know, when Jameis always has this thing where it's snap and clear, that's how he likes to be in games. You know, Monday morning is when you go over a lot of that stuff. But for him, it's, all right, snap and clear, we've got to go on to the next play. Um, and, and Arians likes that about him, too. He likes the fact that he's able to put that stuff behind him quickly. But, you know, Jameis doesn't want, you know, he likes to be coached hard, but at the same time, you know, you have to kind of draw the line with, okay, how much of an earful do you really want to give this guy uh, on the sideline, you know, in the moment? Or do you want to wait, you know, and, and save that for later, but but really getting him focused on the next drive, the next series, you know, and, and not, you know, destroying his confidence and things like that. And I think just the fact that, you know, Arians has been there before with a number of players, including a guy like Peyton Manning, who did throw a lot of picks. Um, and the fact that Leftwich has been in that situation before as a player and in this system, in Bruce Arians' offense, 
you know, I think he can really relate to Winston on an emotional level that few coaches can. You know, he's been there before. He knows what it's like to, you know, play in this system, you know, in a system where, you know, you're not getting mass protection. And especially in the face of a defense like the Saints, which, you know, they, they can really get after guys good up front. You know, he knows what it's like to have to get rid of the ball really quickly and make, you know, split second decisions with pressure in your face. He, he gets it because he's, he's seen it, you know, when he's been through it. So I think those two elements, you know, Arians and his kind of philosophy, no risk, no biscuit, but then also Byron Leftwich and and his experience as a player. I think both those things are are helping Jameis. You know, Jenna, we get the benefit around here of seeing Michael Thomas every week, and you guys get the the pleasure of seeing Mike Evans. Uh, How much does he relish uh, being the number one receiver and drawing that matchup against a guy like Marshawn Lattimore? Now, we're not exactly sure uh, Marshawn's status for this weekend because he – you know, has a hamstring that he's nursing. He didn't practice today, so we don't know exactly what's going to happen on Sunday. But, you know, Mike Evans, uh, a guy who you is accustomed to seeing number one cornerbacks every week uh, and accustomed to producing, how much does he relish those challenges? You know, I, I, Mike, knowing him, he really gets up for those matchups with Marshawn Lattimore and also with, with James Bradbury, you know, guys that he sees twice a year because they bring out the best in him. And he also likes to get physical. And those guys are going to get really physical. And, of course, you know, depending on the officiating crew, it's a matter of how much you're allowed to get physical. But, you know, I know that didn't sit well with him when he was held to zero catches against the Saints. Um, you know, he's not a selfish player, but he knows what's expected of him. You know, he's got that big contract. He knows that he is expected to be a leader for this team. So, you know, he really gets up for that. And he's been on a roll as of late. But um, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens, you know, this week if if Marshawn isn't able to go. But I'm glad you mentioned Michael Thomas, too, because, you know, me getting to see Mike Evans, you know, every single day in practice and everything, I think you really uh, appreciate what a guy like Michael Thomas does, especially because Thomas is lining up all over the field. You know, I also think watching Chris Godwin every day, I appreciate what Thomas does because no matter where that guy is on the field, the ball, he just, he, he catches the ball. It's, I mean, he's, he's just so difficult to stop. And then you're trying to figure out, you know, what do these opponents do? You know, do you want to shadow the guy? I mean, like how it's, it's really just, it's, it's such a challenge anytime you're trying to go up against him. But I also know that, you know, Mike has a tremendous amount of respect, like for what Michael Thomas does, for what Marshawn Lattimore does. I know that Saints fans probably think he's a jerk because he pushed him. And, and <laughs> I can understand them feeling that way. But I would also say this, there is another side to, to Mike Evans. If, if Saints fans ever get to meet him or talk to him, um, you know, I remember being in the locker room after that, after that shove and, we didn't even have to pry it out of him. He just said what I did was childish. It was immature. And I talked to Marshawn about that at the Pro Bowl after that as well, you know, just telling him, hey, you know what, he was he was sincere what he meant it. But I also remember being in that Saints locker room on Christmas Eve, if you guys remember that game in, in 2016. And um, I had come up to Mike and said, I don't know if you realize this, but you signed this jersey this week for a, a child, um, a, a boy who uh, whose, whose father uh, was was dying of a uh, brain cancer. And I said, I just want to let you know, you made that family's Christmas. And this was at the end of the season. And um, that loss had knocked the Bucks out of the playoffs, right? They ended yeah. up finishing nine and seven that yeah. year. And Mike, Mike had tears in his eyes when he heard that. He's like, really? Like, like he just, and I, I, I honestly could see his heart in that moment. And I just, from now on, I was like, man, this is a really sincere guy. So again, I know that Saints fans see a, a little bit of a different guy out on the field, but, but I can say that, you know, the guy that I've kind of seen every day, um, you know, he's, he's a different kind of guy. That's your feel-good story of the day. Thanks for sharing that with us, Jenna. <laughs> well, you know, I figure, you know, especially two teams. That, yeah, you know, no, uh, absolutely. It's been a little bit of a lopsided 
I guess it's been a lopsided rivalry, you know, in the last few years, <laughs> but you know, the, you know, these teams don't seem to like each other and stuff, but at the same time, you know, I think there's always some good, you know, good stories uh, to be told uh, about players and things like that. And I think fans can always respect them. It's important to humanize these guys too. You know, they just, people just want to see them as these gladiators, these warriors, but there's so much more to them, you know? Yeah, I will say this. I will say this also for Mike Evans. I saw he and Jameis and a couple of other Bucks players went to, was it Gerald McCoy's oh, son's yeah. senior night when Gerald yeah, McCoy couldn't make awesome. it, which was, was, was fantastic. Yeah, it's good that, well, and that's the thing, too, is the relationships these guys build in the locker room. And I can see that the Saints have a really strong locker room, too. But the relationships that they build in those lock, those locker rooms, you know, they, they ultimately transcend team uniform colors because it's, it's one of those leagues now where guys don't, spend you know their entire careers it's rare when they do spend their entire careers in one uniform so you know when when those teams uh when those team rosters change it's pretty cool that the relationships still you know stay intact yeah and you're you're spending at least 80 percent of your time with those guys in the locker room and not just your family so uh definitely agree with that jenna i have to ask you our seat geek question i have heard from jd and multiple sources that raymond james stadium has the best game day food can you confirm or deny is, are we talking about in the in the press box? Yes. Or are we talking about in the stands? We're you talking know, about the press box really, spread, which is second to none. <laughs> Clearly, he's passionate say, about this. <laughs> I, yeah, I. You know what? I have to say, I I think what makes them stand out is number one, the banana sauce at halftime. I mean, mm. there is a line out the door, but also they they try to cater to like what. Um, you know, what the opposing team will like. I mean, I know like when the Cardinals came, they had like these fajitas, you know, they also will, I know they've made gumbo before for the Saints, but, but they, but they definitely keep the variety high, which I like. I mean, you've got a sandwich section. We had an omelet bar before the game, which I hadn't seen in years. I was really excited about that this week. Um, you know, I don't know if that's because they're three and six and they're just trying to make everybody happy or what, but that was a great addition, but they've got a sandwich bar. They've got an ice cream bar section. Um, they always have nachos. Yeah, if the um, if the league goes to an eighteen game schedule, I'm going to ask that the Saints extra two games be in Tampa. <laughs> oh yeah, well you know like last week they had like they had chicken and it was sautéed with like onions and peppers, and then right next to it they had a beef pot roast, you know, with potatoes and green beans, and I mean they just have all kinds of. It's just for a lot of. You know, I'm a healthy eater, so I'm always at the salad mm. bar. They've got a little something for everybody, which I think is nice. After the games, you get like some chicken fingers and. You know, they got salads still there. So there's a lot. Always have sandwiches. Uh, there's there's a lot. There's a lot to be had there. I, I certainly enjoy it. And they've got these ginormous cookies, too. Oh, I'm all in for the cookies. I eat our cookies every time at halftime. Jenna, we appreciate you for joining us on the show today, and uh, hopefully we'll see you at the end of this week. Yeah, definitely. Looking forward to having you guys. Thanks to Jenna for joining us on the show today. Let's go ahead and get into our Saints sit-downs with Cam Jordan, Jared Cook, David Onyemata, and Traquan Smith. Caroline Gonzalez here with Cam Jordan. Would you rather hot or cold weather? Hot. Would you rather be famous as a jazz musician or a country music singer? Jazz musician. Would you rather outdoor or indoor stadium? Indoor stadium. Would you rather turf or grass? Turf. Would you rather be trapped in a small room with 10,000 tarantulas for 10 minutes or eat 10 tarantulas in 10 minutes? 10 tarantulas in 10 minutes? Because they're probably cooked at this eat? point. No, they're not cooked. Wait, you didn't say that part. No, I'm, going, I'm still going to eat them. So you're going to eat them? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Would you rather go further in Fear Factor or The Voice? The Voice. Do you, have you ever watched The Voice? Yes. Do you like it? Currently. Do you like it? This is the first time I've ever watched it. Okay. With John Legend. Love John Legend. Do you like Chrissy Teigen? 
Is it not the voice? Chrissy. Wait, I thought, which one's No, John Legend is married oh. to Chrissy Teigen. I'm not answering that question. That's, okay. That's... Would you rather get your paycheck given to you in pennies or never be able to use cash again? I don't like Chrissy. Continue. What was that? Would you rather get your paycheck given to you in pennies or never be able to use cash again? Dang. <laughs> pennies. I go too many places. I need cash. Would you rather only drink water or never eat cookies again? Would you rather what? Only drink water, uh-huh. so you can only drink water for the rest of your life, or never eat cookies again. Never eat cookies again. You don't like cookies? I love cookies, but if I can only drink water, like I love juice. That's what Shai Tuttle said. Um, if you could have a, or would you rather have a lifetime subscription to Netflix or have a unlimited Starbucks gift card? Netflix. Perfect. Thanks, Jared. Would you rather hot or cold weather? How cold? Chicago cold. Like Chicago in December and January yeah. type? Hot. Hot? Yeah. What about New Orleans hot versus Chicago cold? Probably still hot. Okay. Would you rather be famous as a jazz musician or a country music singer? Probably a country music singer. <laughs> Would you rather outdoor or indoor stadium? Indoor. Okay. Would you rather turf or grass? Turf. Would you rather be trapped in a small room with 10,000 tarantulas for 10 minutes, say with me, or eat 10 tarantulas in 10 minutes? Probably eat 10 tarantulas in 10 minutes. Okay, would you rather go further in Fear Factor or The Voice? Probably The Voice. You think you can sing? I don't think I can sing. I could try. Would you want to do Fear Factor? <laughs> no, I'm straight. Would you rather get your paycheck given to you in pennies or never be able to use cash again? Keep in mind, Cafe Dumont is cash only. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll take the pennies. Why not? <laughs> Would you rather only drink water or never eat cookies again? Wow. Um... Alcohol, Dr. Pepper. Only drink water. I'm cool with that. Okay. I, I do that anyway. All right, last one. Would you rather have a lifetime subscription to Netflix or an unlimited gift to Starbucks? Probably Netflix. All right. David, would you rather hot or cold weather? Hot. You already stumped? Yeah. This is the first question. <laughs> All right. Would you rather be famous as a jazz musician or a country music singer? Country music singer. Really? Yeah. Why? Do you listen to country at all? I've heard a couple, Ooh. you know, yeah. Wagon Wheel? It's your favorite, isn't it? Uh, Sweet Home Alabama or West Coast. There you go, there you go. All right, would you rather outdoor and, or indoor stadium? Uh, indoor. Would you rather turf or grass? Turf. Would you rather be trapped in a small room with 10,000 tarantulas for 10 minutes or eat 10 tarantulas in 10 minutes? Is there a price behind it or something? No, nope, you just got to do it. I could be trapped in a room with it, yeah. You'd be trapped in a yeah. room? You'd rather be trapped than yeah, eat them? Oh, my gosh, you're crazy. All right, would you rather go further in Fear, Fract- Fear Factor or The Voice? Uh, Fear Factor. You think you could get pretty far? Yeah. Oh, Daredevil. Would you rather get your paycheck given to you in pennies or never be able to use cash again? Uh, pennies. Would you rather only drink water or never eat cookies again? I've seen you in the cafeteria. I know you're a cookies guy. All right, drink water. I'm not really big into cookies, though. Oh, man. All right. Uh, would you rather have a lifetime subscription to Netflix or an unlimited Starbucks gift card? Unlimited Starbucks gift card. Really? I would have definitely pegged you for a Netflix guy. What about Disney Plus? I, that's not me. Not you? Nah, you're not a I'll streamer? You're more nah. video games, right? Yeah. yeah. All right, Call of Duty or Madden? Call of Duty. Okay, give me some other video games that I can choose between because those are the only two that I know. Uh, uh, 
those are my two main go-to right so now. Call of Duty like and Call of Duty FIFA? And FIFA? Yeah. I like it. All right, appreciate you. Right, no Traquan, hot or cold weather? Hot. <laughs> New Orleans hot? Yes, New Orleans and Florida hot, yes. Okay. Would you rather be a f- be famous as a jazz musician or a country music singer? I'm more country, so country music singer. You, what kind of country do you listen to? Honestly, I don't know, but I just like the way it made me feel. Like, <laughs> that's not funny. I like the way it made me feel. It was just funny. Yeah, it was, sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> would you rather outdoor or indoor stadium? Outdoor. I love the heat, you know, the sun on my skin. Would you rather turf or grass? Uh, grass, nothing like grass. Would you rather be trapped in a small room with 10,000 tarantulas for 10 minutes or eat 10 tarantulas in 10 minutes? I'm going to have to eat them. <laughs> Would you rather go further in Fear Factor or The Voice? The Voice. I always thought I can sing, so yeah. Would you rather get your paycheck given to you in pennies or never be able to use cash again? Hey, just give it to me in pennies. I'm going to, you know, go cash it and get the, get go the, to the money. Bank. Yeah. Would you rather only drink water or never eat cookies again? Never eat cookies again. I'm not a big sweet person, so... Would you rather have a lifetime subscription to Netflix or an unlimited Starbucks gift card? I'm going to take the Netflix on that. What's your favorite Netflix show right now? Right now? Or of all time. I'm not really a show person. I'm a really a movie type of person. So I probably watch like every action movie on Netflix. Um, but I like the, I like the, uh, I had like the Luke Cage, but I think they stopped it. Yeah, they did. Yeah. All right, perfect. Thanks, Trickwan. Thank you. Always good catching up with those guys. I hope you enjoyed today's Saints sit-down. Today's episode was brought to you by SeatGeek. If you're trying to find tickets to football games or any other live event, it can be complicated. There's hundreds of sites and shady pricing. But with SeatGeek, you can do everything in one place. Search for and discover the best deals on seats. Buy from any device and sell and transfer tickets in just a couple taps. With their deal score technology, they rank the most valuable seats based on price, location, historical data, and more. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Best of all, our listeners will get $20 off their first purchase when they use the SeatGeek app. Use code GOSAINTS at checkout. SeatGeek, save the best deals on tickets. All right, thanks for tuning in on the show today. We'll have another episode for you on Friday. That'll do it for today's New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek.